Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. A lot of times I look at myself and I think I'm not good enough, I'm not fast enough, you know, I'm not hitting bonuses in my contracts or earning medals, because obviously that's the the pinnacle of our sport is earning a medal on the world level. But then I think back to the little 12-year-old at Herschel who decided to go to Rhenish to follow her dreams and she earned a scholarship to get a university degree in the States and she earned the contract to uh, represent Adidas, an international sporting brand. And the fact that I've been to two Olympics and I've raced at a world major marathon in the elite field and, you know, all of those things, like, I'm so proud of that. And I think of the girls that I was competing at at the school level who were beating me at school level, but, you know, they, for whatever reason, didn't make it to the next stage. And I'm pretty freaking proud of myself for persevering and blocking out outside noise and, you know, just kind of like toughing it out and still being here at the age of 31. Nicola! Davide! It is 10 days to go. 10 days to go to the Cape Town Marathon. T-minus 10 days. And how are you feeling, Nick? I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Not yet nervous. Have you you started the dreaded T-word? I have started a taper. The taper, yes. Yeah, but today I had Davey join me on the first run of our training block together. Yes, and it is, uh, it is, while everybody is tapering for Cape Town Marathon, <laughs> I have had the, the honor of, uh, of just starting my training, which is, which is a blessing and a curse, a blessing because my collarbone is feeling much better, I'm able to run, but very much a curse because I haven't run for six weeks and my body is very much hating me. And Nick has also um, has given me a super block. I've given, <laughs> I've given him a hail mary. That's what I've given. A him. hail mary. So 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 to well yesterday I had a a one a, a eight by one thousand meter sprint repeats. Well, not really sprint repeats, but a, a pretty fast pace straight into a twenty kilometer speedy session in the afternoon, which. Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> but it it is tough. But at the same time, you know, you you haven't been doing much running, and I do believe that the best way for you to go about this uh, marathon is to go into it running. Uh, so you will still have a easier week next week, but we can definitely do some loading this week. And I think that you'll be surprised by yourself. All your training on the bike, I'm sure we'll be able to report on it after the marathon. We can do a, a case study with Davy well, on the on the bike. Well, and, also uh, I, I'm gonna <laughs> possibly come. A back with some uh, contradicting feedback you know because you know we always have this conversation we're like if you haven't started training by now then you shouldn't do it and i am gonna prove everybody that two weeks is sufficient to run a marathon to run a 14 days 
14 Most days. Most people take 14 weeks. 14 David takes 14 days. It's all it takes if you follow my program. <laughs> well, speaking of marathons, we are fully swinging into marathon season right now. What's, last ha- week, what's happening this weekend? Well, last week, yes. let's first talk about yes. that, the Berlin Marathon. And it was an absolute showdown. We had, I mean, the best of all time, marathoner Elliot Kipchoge uh, running a blitzing time. Wasn't quite the 201 uh, PB time that we were hoping but it certainly was an incredible time. But the standout performance for me was Asefa's 2.11.58. Just, just under 2.12, but still absolutely storming performance. The way that she finished that race. Unreal. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, I highly, highly recommend going to watch that last 300 meters. As she went from the Brandenburg Gate, she was just incredible yeah and you know now we're really hitting full marathon season as we said we got our marathon coming up but we've got chicago marathon coming up this weekend which is also another abbott major marathon so for those of you that know that cape town perhaps is on the cards for to become an abbott's world major marathon great example to go and have a look at chicago chicago is is tends to be quite a fast course flattish course but the weather can play its part in the on the day so we're hoping for a really really good performance especially one athlete yes we actually have somebody that we know who is taking part in the chicago marathon and it's not somebody that we just know it's our guest on today's podcast yeah and it is none other than dominique scott so nick tell us a little bit about dom well dom was Man, where do we begin? We had such an incredible conversation with her. But, you know, she is a highly decorated athlete. She's a multiple NCAA champion. She's represented our country, South Africa, at two Olympics. She lives in Colorado, so perhaps you might not know her. She lives in the States. Uh, but she holds South Africa very, very close to her heart. She actually quoted to us, and if you listen to the end of the conversation, she goes on to say that she actually feels like a bad South African at times, but she certainly doesn't uh, keep South Africa far away from her thoughts, and she's very, very proud to wear that South African bib anytime she races. So much so that this year, London Marathon was actually her first marathon. She's a 5,000, 10,000 meter and, specialist. And she ran a 2.29. She ran a 2.29. Which but is just silly. It's a silly time. It's an incredible time. But she, she'll tell you that she didn't have the best day. She speaks about how she uh, actually made complete rookie mistakes but most people do on their first marathon. Her nutrition wasn't on point. She was actually on target for a much faster time. So now she is actually going to be taking part in her second marathon. She's learned from her first marathon. She's very excited to go fast. We, she wasn't uh, able to give us an idea of yeah, you, what time. You will hear but us uh, try and squeeze <laughs> it out of her. And I think she definitely alludes to a, a number. I think, I think the, the sweet spot will be a 2-2-2 um, oh. if she's lucky. Let's just put it into perspective. I mean, Gerda Stein ran a 2.25.28. That is a national record. Uh, I think that she is on the cards to go and beat our national record. So guys, if you if you are sitting around on Sunday, not too sure what to do, you have to, have to catch Chicago Marathon. So we're not going to keep you much further. There's two more things that we want to mention from our side. Uh, first of all, our newsletter. Um, we are very, very happy with uh, the feedback that we've been getting from our listeners with regards to the newsletter. So if you are interested in it, make sure that you head over to our website and you subscribe to that newsletter. And then one last thing that I find is quite exciting. We are starting to put out the video 
recordings of our interviews especially our online interviews for now we're making those available only to our patreons so if you are interested in watching uh, the interview unfold as well as listening to it i highly recommend heading over to patreon uh, follow the link to it and and subscribe and also guys don't forget to pre-order yourself a pair of our awesome versus socks that are coming out if you are a fan of the show you can get your pre-orders in now they're an awesome design and they will go a long way in terms of supporting the show for sure but we hope you are ready for the real show here is the one and only dominique scott dom thank you so much for being with us here today we really appreciate your time how are you feeling Good. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Nick and Dave. I'm excited to chat with you guys today and it's always fun to hear some South African accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it's for a change. Khoyanant. Khoyamora. It is 11 a.m. at Colorado, I believe. Yes, that's correct. And what was the workout this morning? I just had an easy 12-mile run. So let's see. What is She's that? talking in miles. 12 miles. Hey, okay, quickly, quick maths. What's 12 miles? <laughs> I reckon it's uh, tw- 20 kilometers. <laughs> 12 by 1.6. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, 19.2. 19.2. <laughs> pretty spot on. So, so Dom, for, for those that perhaps haven't uh, aren't too sure about you and, and your training and what you're currently sort of doing, can you give us a little bit of like a background sort of where you started and, and where you're at right now? Yeah, for sure. Well, my name is Dominique Scott, and I was born and raised in Cape Town, South Africa. And I went to Herschel Girls School in Claremont. And mm. when I was in grade nine, I moved out to Stellenbosch and became a weekly boarder at Rhenish Girls High. Um, and that was really to follow my passion of track and field, because track and field is not big in the southern suburbs. So I moved out to Stellenbosch where Johan Furry coached me and I ran with the dog squad. He calls his group the, the dog, dog squad. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was really in Stellenbosch that running took off for me and I kind of stopped doing my other sports like field hockey and netball and uh, all those team sports and really started to like put all my energy and effort into uh, cross country and track. And I was very fortunate that uh, by the time I matriculated from Rhenish, I was offered a scholarship to attend the University of Arkansas here in the state. Um, so this was back, I'm making, dating myself. So I graduated high school, matriculated in 2010. So in 2011, I came over to the States and was a freshman at the University of Arkansas. I was also very blessed that while I was at Arkansas, things went pretty well for me. I started kind of at the bottom and worked my way up and by the time I was a senior in 2016, I had won five and five NCAA titles, which is like sure. the national uh, collegiate yeah. system Division, here in the yeah. states. It's called yeah, it's called the NCAA. So I in university was running anything from the 1500 up to the 10k, um, and yeah, I had had a lot of success while in university, um, which allowed me to sign a professional contract with Adidas. And also that summer uh, represented South Africa at the Rio Olympics in the 10K. And so, yeah, so since 2016, I've been running professionally representing Adidas. I've stayed over here in the States. I married an American. Um, He was my teammate at the University of Arkansas, Cameron. He was actually from Arkansas. 
And then about four years ago now, we moved out to Boulder, Colorado, so that I could train at altitude full time with some other amazing female athletes um, that run anything from the 800 to the marathon. And about a year ago, I started kind of thinking more seriously about the roads. Always loved working out on the roads, but kind of like, you know, grew up on the track and like yeah. thinking the track was amazing. Um, I ran a half marathon after the Tokyo Olympics and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. I ran it Dude, in the UK. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, the first one was in the UK and like it came fifth and it was just like fun, like competing. Um, whereas on the track, it kind of feels like if you're not coming first, you're coming last. <laughs> so I ran another half marathon. It went really well. And I ran 67.30. And my coach was like, oh, I think we need to like think more seriously about the roads. So earlier this year in April, I debuted in the marathon at the London Marathon. It was a very humbling and hard experience. Um, but it, I still, you know, ran decently well around a 229.19. And now I am gearing up for my second marathon. Uh-huh. Hey, there we go. Is that so, a little bit of a spoiler? So, so, right? so we've got a few majors left <laughs> over in, in the rest of the year. So which one are you going to be tackling? I'm sure it's not Berlin because otherwise you'd be there already. So yeah, I, it's not Berlin, and I'm <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm not coming home either. I am racing the Chicago Marathon in uh, two and a half weeks. Ah, uh, uh, could have been Cape Town Marathon, eh? But then, <laughs> it, honestly, it was pretty close to being Cape Town. Um, it was, yeah. Honestly, I think I think it's fun when we're I, pretty I, honest on podcast. I it think, was just uh, a lot more financially beneficial yeah. for me to run Chicago. So. Sure. I think people would have gone crazy if you came down and ran, and ran Cape Town Marathon. That would have been wild to see. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I definitely. I, I definitely still want to. Like, it's still on the yeah. table for hopefully next year. Um, this year was just a weird year. Um, my parents are actually overseas in the States, so I didn't even have anywhere to stay in South Africa, so it just made sense to stay over here this I, year. I mean, it's great to hear because Cape Town Marathon is definitely on the up. Obviously, I mean, we're in yeah. the process of becoming an Abbott World Major. Yeah, hope. Twi- yeah ho- hoping 20,000 yeah. runners taking part this year. So, so yeah, hopefully next year we can, we can see you there. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting to yeah, hear. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed. It's interesting to hear it directly from from an elite level athlete because I know that's something that you know Cape Town are struggling with in a way yeah. with competing with appearance money in terms of competing with dollars versus rands. And hopefully, you know, the Cape Town Marathon can get to the point where it does get its major status and it can compete financially with these other big major marathons. But let let's leave that at that. I think it's very exciting. <laughs> for you to be going into your, your second marathon. And I want to, I want to chat quite a bit about that, but I think just backtracking it a bit, um, you obviously then ended up staying over in the States after, after your college career, uh, career and, you know, making your step ups from the track, uh, onto road and now going into the full distance, uh, of the marathon. Obviously, as you said, in London, it, it was a bit of a struggle in the last, in the last bit, because you, you started super strong in London. And I think, you know, for, for any South Africans watching, it sort of looked like perhaps the, the South African marathon record was, was on the cards, obviously coming from your background, the track. So h- how are you feeling for your training? I know right now you said you're in the midst of it, obviously with two and a half weeks to go, Where's your headspace at? 
Um, I mean, I'm feeling really good, to be honest. Training's, training's gone great. I've been really fortunate this time around. Um, my coach, Joe Bossa, just lumped me together with my training partner, Emma Bates. Mm. Emma has raced the marathon for probably about five or six years now, um, yeah. and she is amazing. Um, she came fifth at the Boston Marathon earlier this year, yeah, running a, 222. Yeah, Oof, yeah she, uh, she got... Seventh, I think, is World Champs Marathon last year in Eugene. And the year before, in 21, she got second in Chicago running to 24 on a hot day. So I am very lucky to have an amazing training partner. Um, and things have been going well. I feel like my body has absorbed the training a lot better this time around. Um, I think before London, it kind of just felt like we were like cramming as much work as we can, as many miles, as many hard workouts. And my body was kind of freaking out all the time. I was that like typical marathoner, yeah. but like the nighttime munchies and always fatigued and always tired. Um, whereas this time around, I've kind of felt like a normal human being again, which is really nice. And just every second or third day had this hard workout. Um, and yeah, the workouts have been going great. I actually started to get really nervous this past weekend because I was like, Things are going so well. Like, we need to bubble wrap yeah, me. Right <laughs> um, I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. And, like, teleport me to the start line. <laughs> but that's not quite how things work. So, <laughs> um, got two and a half weeks to try and not get sick and uh, keep, keep myself from freaking out too much. But I will say, I feel like there is a huge learning curve in the marathon. I think even sure. for my training partner, Emma Bates, who has run about 10 marathons, She's still learning every time she stands on the start line. So I'm trying to give myself a little bit of grace. I almost felt like the first one, the debut, there was this pressure. There was this hype around what I'm going to do for the first time at 26 miles. Mm. And this time around, I'm like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm just giving another, taking another swing at it. Um, you know, it might go amazingly, but it also might just be another, like, learning curve. And that's okay. Um so that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. All the feels. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of an exciting to see how happy and excited you are. I think like the way that you're feeling right now is a true reflection of how your training block has gone. Just seeing how smiley and happy and you just can't wait for the day to come. And I think it goes a lot to say, you know, as you as you mentioned, it it's a lot of learning over time. And I think obviously having the career that you've had on track it's it's a completely different thing isn't it like the the road running versus the track running like i think track athletes you know you got to almost just be ready to go on and off into different races back to back races whereas obviously now it's a completely different philosophy you you're focusing on one race and you're taking some downtime and now you're building it up do you feel like your body is responding really well to this type of training versus what you were doing say when you were just training uh, around the track yeah um you know, I think in college, I really enjoyed the structure of the track season. You kind of had cross country in the fall or winter, and then you had indoor season and outdoor season. And throughout the year, it almost felt like every second week you were racing. So you kind of had like a hard training week, then an easier week, and you would race on the weekend. And my body kind of got into that rhythm. But then the uh, professional track season is very different to that. It's more like you train really hard for like eight months and then you have, then you race for like five months. So it's eight plus five, even equal 12. I don't know. 
<laughs> not quite. Yeah, yeah. Not quite. But there's like this big chunk of training and then you're racing all the time. Um, and it's pretty fatiguing, both mentally and physically. And I think it was starting to feel not so sustainable mm. for me. I was like, just like the emotional highs and lows of professional running. Um, whereas, and also like the track was just beating on my body. Like I do think that my body responds better to half marathon, 10 K marathon type work. So whenever we were throwing in these five K type workouts on the track, my body was just like very beaten up. Um, but I mean, so, you're, not, you're not a slouch on 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 the track either. Though. I mean, you got some serious speed. Yeah, thank you. So I think that obviously thank has you. helped you in 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 the step up across to the marathon, and that's what I want to sort of ask you in terms of like your workouts that you've now been doing with that marathon training. Um, you know, you you feel ready. You know, you're looking good. You you're excited about the race. What are sort of like some key workouts, and 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 then therefore, like, how do you? decide sort of this is my goal for race day because i know like in the build-up it's hard to set your heart on a specific goal but then obviously you have certain workouts that boost your confidence towards that goal so uh, can you give us some examples of these workouts that you do yeah for sure so this time around has been very different to london i've way preferred this build what we've done is we've kind of been on a two-week cycle um so there's been one two I think four workouts plus a long run every two weeks. And I've really liked it. I really like repetition. Um, it was something that my college coach did as well. I like being able to compare workouts. Um, obviously, you have to be, you know, a little bit smart about it. Is it a hotter day? Mm. You know, are there other external factors? Um, but I really like repeating workouts. So we had... One of the workouts was 400s. Another one was K repeats. Love Ks. I think that's like hey. the metric girl in yeah. me. <laughs> um, K, K repeats. Then we did a long run. And then we did mile repeats. And then a fartlek. And the fartlek is probably the most marathon-y type mm. workout we do. It's 3K on 1K off. Um obviously continuous um and we would we would add more sets as as we progressed in the build we haven't spoken about paces or goals yet right before so like in a week's time we'll do a kind of like test workout Mm. with lactate testing um emma and i will both jump on the treadmill and our coach will have us do mile repeats and he'll test our lactate to try and get an indication of what type of pace he so, wants us to run in Chicago. So, I mean, I mean, just talking about that, I mean, I, I did want to ask you, you know, do you have a goal in mind? Do you have a time that you're looking at? Um, obviously, I think we all have a number, you know, in our head based on, you know, <laughs> our, our training. Um, and, I mean, your previous PB being 229, do you have a number in mind that you would be really happy with <laughs> or are you just going to, you know, see how everything unfolds? I think, okay, obviously, <laughs> the South African record is something that I really want. Put it um, out there, come on. But then, yeah, putting it out there. So the record is 22528. It's kind of funny. I don't have, well, not funny, sad. <laughs> I don't, I have a couple of records, South African records on indoor track, 
but I actually don't own any of the outdoor track uh, records. Yes. Um, I'm second. Yes. <laughs> I'm like second on every list to Ilana Mayer or Zola Bud. <laughs> um, and I'm like, come on, I need one. Like, yes. I can't be second on all these lists. So that would be really fun to guess. Um, the second goal, if that is out of reach, would be the Paris Automatic Standard, the Paris yes. Olympics Automatic Standard, which is 226.50. Okay. I really do think that one is attainable. That's okay. like less than two and a half minutes faster than London. So I think that's attainable. But I will just say, guys, like I was telling my husband, <laughs> we were going on vacation after Chicago. We always do like one little trip a year and we're going straight after Chicago and Cameron said, you better run fast in Chicago so that you're not miserable for the first <sighs> few days of our day. vacation. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I was like, Cam, no matter what happens on race day, I'm going to be so proud of myself just because 20, racing 42 kilometers, 26 miles is so huge and takes everything in your body and mind and heart and spirit and soul that no matter what the result is i'm going to be proud of the effort i've given isn't, isn't, so, that is just so beautiful huh? i mean i mean I you that. you summed that <laughs> you summed up marathon training to a tv <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it is such a feat to finish a marathon that you know whether i run to low 220s or i'm crawling in at 240 because i were, went out too hard 100%. or something i'm gonna be proud of myself yeah i mean also just to give you some context cape town marathon well as you would know is 24 days away today and nick's in in the peak of um his pb marathon training attempt i mean yesterday he did um he, yeah, he did I, a thing I, called a super block. I like to try the, the, the Renato Canova <laughs> special block where it's uh, a lot of threshold work and two massive workouts back to back. So yesterday was sort of like okay. my day to see where I was at and it it felt really cool. good. So I'm feeling excited. But yeah, I mean, uh, but, but I think you would also, I mean, you would agree with, with Dom, you know, no matter what happens on race day, yeah. you know, you're going to, you're going to you put it. it all out there and you're going to give it your absolute everything. Because you put so much time and effort into it. And at the same time, like, you know, yeah. everyone is on their own individual journey. And I think that's what's so beautiful about road running in general and, 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 the marathon distance specifically i know like you you said there is a difference between racing around the track and racing on a on a yeah. on a road and i think i mean i've never raced around the track so it's hard for me to speak for that but I see it when I watch it, you know, if I watch a race around the track, it's really just, you know, you're watching those around you and you're just pacing yourself with those around you. Like, unless you're going for a specific record, you sort of just trying to run with a bunch and then you're sort of running your race. But on a marathon, it's such a long day that, you, that you're going through the highs and the lows and the highs and the lows. And at the end of the, at the, end of the day, it's the person that's most resilient is going to come out on top. And I want to ask you that from a perspective of, obviously, Emma, your training partner, she's a 222 marathon. You guys, I'm assuming, do some training together, perhaps not all of it, but obviously looking at her training and seeing how she trains and what she's capable of doing, you must you must breathe confidence from that. You must feel like, okay, well, if I can train with her, I must be, I must be capable of doing this. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like it's like the cool part and the not so cool part. Like we feel like we've even like morphed into one person. Um, yesterday in our workout, our lactate was exactly the same. And <laughs> Joe, our coach, was like, "Oh my goodness, you you two have become one." Where our stride has sunk up so much, um, but that's because yeah, we've we've run so many miles or kilometers together the past. 10 weeks will be 12 weeks by race day 12 or 13 weeks by race day um so yeah i definitely get confidence from running with her i do give her a lot of respect that in the race itself she knows what to do she knows how to pace herself she knows all the feelings of going through the marathon you know like if she's having like a slouchy um bad spot she knows she's you know, going to get out of it and be okay. She knows how to run through that fatigue and pain. I don't necessarily really know how to do all of that yet. You know, I'm still learning. Um, but it has been, it has been, of course, like cool to see myself like running with her or even like, you know, some of the K's and the 400s are kind of like my workout where I feel most comfortable. And then the miles and the, Part like other workouts where she feels the most comfortable because she has yeah. her superpower, her strength. My superpower is my speed. So we both kind of help each other on, you know, on uh, each other's days. The opposite. I just want to ask: so Is Emma also running uh, Chicago? Yeah, she is. She so, is. so I mean, you know, obviously you guys are training together. You both are running Chicago Marathon. Is there any? level of competitiveness when you guys are training together are, are you eyeing her out trying trying to you know sort of <laughs> sort of just gauge it i mean obviously i mean her pb is a 222 which is which is incredibly quick but in terms of of that level of competitiveness because obviously coming from track i think you're just naturally very competitive <laughs> um are, are you, yeah are, i mean <laughs> yeah are, are we you, both are we're both super competitive but i will say it has been very cool. Emma and I respect each other so much. And I think we both just recognize that we can both help each other be better, that they really hasn't been a competitiveness. I mean, it's been very, very special. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think she respects what I've done in my career and I respect, you know, how good she is at the marathon and how she's been able to perform time after time in the marathon um so yeah strangely enough there really hasn't been a competitiveness i think she's going to be able to be a little bit more risky come chicago um i think she has you know if she goes out too hard if she decides to go out on american record pace and blows up okay she blows up but she went for it i think for me i want to play it a little bit safer this time around so that I feel strong the last five miles instead of how I felt in London. Um, so I don't think our race plans are going to be similar, but we'll only know after we do those miles next weekend on the treadmill doing the lactate testing, what Joe, my coach, thinks we should do. Um, but honestly, at the moment, we're just excited that we have each other. Um, we ran together this morning like we do most days. We ran together last night. And, you know, we're both going through all the emotions of, feeling nervous, um, both checking the Chicago weather like crazy. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking this morning about how we feel lucky that we get to warm up together on race day, you know, things like that. 
Um, so it really has been special. There's definitely usually a lot of competitiveness between elites and especially females. I feel like can get super competitive, but I think Emma and I have just realized that we can help each other be better. Yeah, and because of that, we have, we haven't really competed against each other. That's amazing. Hey, I mean, there, there is really no friendship other than, or quite like a running friendship. I think Nick and I, Nick and I are training partners. I, I've broke, I broke my collarbone three weeks ago. So I, I haven't been able to run, but, but Nick and I do all of our runs together. And, and I think we're, we're on that same page where, you know, you go through so much and you, you're both so invested in, in the same goal and it's very special to share with somebody. But then Dom, I wanted to ask, you know, for a lot of our listeners, I mean, we're, we're all amateurs. We do, we, we run because we love running, but it's so nice to hear you sort of sharing some of the similar feelings that us mere mortals also experience, like worrying <laughs> about the weather and stuff like that. So what, what would your, you know, professional advice, you know, be to athletes or, or just give us an insight, you know, to your build up, sort of what you, what you go through and just any advice to, to somebody taking on a marathon such as Cape Town Marathon in 24 days? Yeah, I mean, I think if, you are thinking about doing a marathon, I would say what is cool about it is it's just one training block. You know, you you can choose if you are already pretty fit, you probably only need about 10 weeks. If you're coming from a place that you feel like you need a little bit more like groundwork, then maybe you're looking at closer to like 13 to 15 weeks of training um, with like 10 weeks of focus training. And you just get to work backwards from race day. I think What's cool about marathon training is it's very basic running. There's nothing too special or fancy about it. You're really just doing workouts at a low threshold, which means you're trying to keep your heart rate as low as possible. You're trying to be as relaxed as possible. You're not like sprinting or doing anything too hard. You're just trying to see how far can you run being as easy and relaxed as possible um i think that was the problem with my london build i was kind of pushing workouts i was wanting to run faster that was like the track person in me whereas go. now it's very much like yeah it's very much now like no how how easy can i run these smile repeats like i want to hit pace but i want if you use a heart rate monitor or my coach likes to use lactate testing which is like blood testing he either pricks our finger or pricks our ear um to get like a blood drop and he he can tell how much lactate is in our system um which is it's very similar or correlated to heart rate so yeah marathon training is not very complicated which is cool um then I will say something I learned from London is how important fueling is. If you're thinking about running a marathon, you really need to just do a little bit of research and a little bit of experimenting with fueling um, because racing for two and a half hours, your body is using a lot of carbs and a lot of reserves and you need to make sure that you are on top of your fueling. So going into London I kind of just did what Emma Bates did, and that was using a product that she's sponsored by. I thought it would be fine. It was fine, but we hadn't kind of like done the math of how many carbs I should be getting in. Um, it was very much just like, yeah, I'll take this gel every 
every 5k that's when the elites get bottles we get bottles put out for us every five kilometers like we get to prepare our own bottles and they'll take them to the 5k drop-off spot and then i told my like my experience my story of my experience out london to a fellow um elite athlete and she was like down you totally bonked like you did not have enough carbs in you i was like wait what? really and she was like yeah you're meant to be carbs an hour and you were getting in like probably 20 um i wasn't taking the whole gel we were worried about my stomach blowing up so just like a whole lot of things yeah yeah so that was really dumb now for um chicago i've been a lot more intentional about my carbs i've changed the source of my carbs i've been a lot more intentional about practicing it in workouts, in my long runs, feeling really happy with it. I also now have a source of caffeine that I'll take it with a couple miles to go, which I hadn't had any form of like an upper or caffeine in London. So changing a lot of things like that going into Chicago. Um, you know, hopefully it makes yeah, a huge difference. So Maybe it won't make any difference, but we'll uh, see. I want to touch on that though. So correct me if I'm wrong. Did you just say you were taking 20 grams of carbs an hour at London? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then that that two that two twenty four or whatever. Yeah. If you if you're feuding correctly, that is definitely that is like the most 20. important thing over a marathon. Um, so yeah, that that's actually quite scary. The time that but you managed to run. There. But I mean, I'm so glad that you touched on that because I I, I feel like yeah. that is where ninety percent of of athletes go wrong, and myself included. When I also, I mean. It took uh, it took me like two years, you know, to come to terms mm-hmm. with with nutrition, and and it gets to a point where, especially for uh, amateur athletes, you go it, it's uh, nutrition for performance, you know, because we've we've had conversations with, with with people about you know why do you get into running? Maybe it's for weight loss or it's for different reasons, and people struggle to come to terms with you know taking in sixty grams of carbs every single hour or or a hundred grams of carbs every single hour sort mm-hmm. of thing. So. I think it's such a undervalued part of running and, and something that not a lot of people actually touch on. And like you say, it's like, oh, it has a goo, goo, take the goo. And some people will take two goos for a whole marathon and then that's yeah. their plan. But it's yeah. also great to hear that, you know, elite level athletes like you do make those mistakes. And at the same time, you know, the marathon <laughs> yeah. is so unforgiving with that and you really do learn by making these mistakes. Yeah. So it's exciting to to see how that's going to make a difference in your yeah. training. And I'm sure that it's made a difference in your training already. But I, I then want to touch on the fact, were, were, you, were you training with Emma in the build-up to London as well? Or were you doing training on your, on your own? No, we trained totally separately, actually. She was racing Boston, which was only a week before, but before London. So technically, we were training for the marathon at the same time. But my coach really wanted me to run a track 10K in the middle of the London build. I don't really know why. I don't ask too many questions. So I was doing quite a bit of track work. Emma was not. Boston being such a hilly course, he had her doing like a lot of hill work where I wasn't doing that. So we actually never overlapped. And because we weren't overlapping on workout days, we then weren't overlapping on recovery days. So we weren't even really able to go through the motions of marathon training together. So this time around, it's been totally different. And yeah, so nice. 
Wow, I think that's gonna it's gonna make the world a difference in terms of the experience and on the day. And now, sort of, what is apart from the testing that you're going to be doing, uh, the 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 mile repeats with the lactate th- uh, threshold testing. What does the rest of your training look like? You're obviously um, winding down quite a bit. Um, I think in terms of like the last weeks building up to a marathon, and and I know we're asking you, but. It is your second marathon, and I'm sure it's something that you're going to get to grips with as you go along in your you know, long-distance running career. But what are, what are sort of some of the feelings? Uh, how, do you, how do you get to grips with understanding that I'm going to have to do this for 26 miles at that pace? Like the mental aspect, is there any sort of techniques that you use to try and, and, and just check in with yourself and bring things back in? Um, you know, I wish, I wish I had uh, a good answer for that. I'm not going to lie. I had a little drizz, a little cry a few days ago because I started thinking about racing and I got really nervous and my husband was like, would you rather do 12 weeks of intense training and be so dedicated to your training or race really hard for two and a half hours? And I was like, I'd rather do 12 weeks of really hard training. <laughs> and he was like, what? what's wrong with you? Yeah. But um, I, this marathon is a scary thing. And I do think it's important to get your mind ready. I think, honestly, before London, it was so weird. Whenever I used to like, sometimes I'll go on a run by myself and I'll try to think about the race or I'll, close my eyes for a nap and I'll try and think about the race a little bit just to kind of like take myself to race day and the feelings that I'll be feeling and be experiencing. And before London, I couldn't do it because I had no freaking clue what it was going to feel like. I, it was like, I I don't know what I'm going to be feeling. Like I know it's going to be really hard and it's going to be hurting, but that was like the only thing I could think was like, it's going to be hurting. It's going to suck that you can do hard things, you know, like that was what I was thinking. Whereas like now I'm like, okay, so you're going to be here. You're going to see the 20 mile mark. Like, you know, you're going to be running over two hours. Like you're going to feel this. You need you. I need you to think of these cues like for your body. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't have great you, advice. Like uh, I said, sure. I, had a little, I had a little cry, but it is, it obviously is easier once you've done yeah. one to at least yeah. know what yeah. you're to expect. It's easier now to plan um, the, yeah. and, and be more prepared on the day. Other than the running training that you've been doing, obviously, do you do any extra training, sort of supplementary training, like strength workouts or just basic other workouts, some mm. mobility sessions? What are, do you do anything else? Tell me you cycle. Yeah, we do. Um, no, I don't do any type of cross training. Um, surprisingly, I guess, because my mileage isn't super high. Um, but no, no cross training, but I do work out in the gym, um, about three days a week. So we call workout days, hard days. So on our hard days, right after our workout, we go into the gym and lift. And that was something that we've changed since London. I felt like my quads were not ready for London, not ready for the pounding. Those last couple miles, my quads were screaming at me. So normally the lifts for marathoners, like marathoners in my team and my training group are pretty light. They're more like mobility type workouts. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas my workouts in the gym for this build have been more similar to what I would do if I was racing on the track. 
like lifting slightly heavier, doing a little bit more. I'm probably in there for an hour. Um, so that's the only difference between Emma Bates and my training. Emma Bates runs around 120 miles a week, whereas I run around 100 miles a week. That's obviously give or take for both of us. But Emma Bates is in the gym for like 20 minutes. I'm in the gym for about an hour. And that's oh, about three minutes. days a week. So yeah. yeah, because like hers is just like mobility. You know, she, she holds like a 30 or 35 pound uh, dumbbell or something. Same. Like it, it's still like good movement, but it's more like, mobility type work than like actual traditional well, strength work 20 minutes sign me up i mean Look, there's there's science <laughs> out there that even 20 minutes once a week is better than 20, someone doing nothing no, but once ne- a so week. so don oh for sure i i'm sure you're aware of this but nick's a bio right <laughs> and um, nick's also my coach and we the, one of the constant battles we've had in our relationship is that he just hates the fact that i don't do strength training but it's because I've never been offered the twenty-minute session. The twenty-minute workout. I've never, I've never been offered that. If there was a twenty-minute workout on the tables, I'd do it. Uh, I'm going to speak to. Emma. I mean, she is. She's very. She's very efficient. You know, it's like she has her exercises. She knows how to do them. There's no like. There's no like wasting time. Um, and then she might like foam roll something afterwards that, that yeah, she's in that, there for thirty, good. forty minutes. No, yeah, but. Yeah, my training partner is Scott Fable. Um, he's an American marathoner. Oh, he's he's racing Berlin. Yeah, he's proper. He's racing Berlin next well, this weekend. This oh my weekend. goodness! Um, him and I would be in the gym for longer than Emma because we were running less miles than Emma. So that was kind of like the only difference in our training. Sure, that's very interesting, eh? But I think all of it is going going to add up and and pay dividends. And I think you know what people don't understand with the strength training is that it also it periodizes just like your running training should. You know, like you go through your high mileage periods, you go through your low mileage periods. With strength training, you got to go through your periods where you are lifting heavy, so that you can have periods where you are lifting a lot lighter, body weight work, and doing more mobility work. And that just goes to show that obviously Emma has just been in it for so much longer training for the marathon mm-hmm. for so much longer so there's definitely always going to be aspects where you guys not quite 100 percent crossing over but yeah it's always interesting to see the different approaches and the different types still 100 miles i wouldn't i wouldn't say that's that's low mileage it is fairly low mileage <laughs> for for, for, an elite, two, for, for a marathon yeah. or 225 marathon yeah. yeah that's very impressive yeah wow um, yeah thanks yeah yeah my coach my coach has made like lots of comments like he thinks I'm going to be really good at the marathon. He's like, you just need more long runs. Like I just need more of them, yeah. but you can't run, you can't run a long run every day. You know, you can only yeah. do it every 10 days or something. So unfortunately it's just, it's just going to take some time. Um, and we also don't know how long it's going to take for me. Like it could mm-hmm. take, you know, like 10 runs over two hours or it could take 30 runs over two hours. Like we just don't know what's going to be like, how many long runs I need for my body, like not to freak out and be like, okay, I can, I can run for over two hours. But you would say then that's obviously like your immediate, obviously it's your immediate focus, but it's also like your medium term focus is to keep on working over the marathon. I know you mentioned like Paris, obviously you wouldn't be dropping back down to the 5,000 and 10,000 in that case, you would want to keep on building through to, to marathons. Hey. Yeah, I think we'll know a lot more after Chicago. If Chicago goes well, hopefully I get the Paris standard um, and South Africa selects me to represent them next year um, in the Summer Olympics, in the in the marathon. That would be like 
a case scenario. Um, if Chicago doesn't go great, we'll probably focus more on the 10K again. Um, my coach also really wants me to run more of the 10K. I've run 31 flat in the 10K, 31 <laughs> Um, and the South African record, Ilana Mayer ran thirty fifty two, and he's like, oh. Tom, you can get that. Like I pretty much soloed my 31 flat because there was one girl ahead of me running American record pace. And then there was a pack of girls behind me running the, uh, Tokyo standard, which was like thirty two twenty five at the time. So I was just running by myself, <laughs> but he's like, come on, yes. like you can run, you can run faster. Um, that was the last spring um like march in the uh, states anyway uh, so we'll we'll know a lot more after chicago like if it goes well if i have a good experience you know or if i'm hungry for more we'll see either way i mean it's just your your body is building it's still building it's still growing you're still learning and whether you decide to keep going for the marathon or drop back down to the ten thousand, i mean all this marathon training would have definitely built a big engine for you to go back down to that ten thousand. if that was the case so i think we've we excited to just see where, where you go to but i'm so excited for chicago now. for sure and <laughs> And Dom, I just, I mean, I mean, so, so you, you mentioned earlier, you know, South Africa potentially, potentially picking you for, you know, Paris, you know, marathon. I, I'm also sitting here trying to do some math in my head. So you're, you're 31 years old, I believe. You've been in America for how long? Uh, like 10 years, 10, 11 years. 10, 11 years. And, and so are you an American citizen yet? I am. Okay, so uh, so then you are so you're choosing to um, obviously represent South Africa. Is that correct? Uh, in, in comparison, yes, I am. I am. It's actually it's a little bit trickier than one one might think. So I became a U.S. citizen uh, four years after Cam and I were married because we like filed for citizenship almost immediately, and that was just so that I could live over here. And I also received a American passport, which was very handy with flying overseas for races all the time. As you know, I was obviously having to get a visa everywhere I was going, and it was very expensive and very tedious. (laughs) Mamba, yeah. Um, So in 2019, in July, I became a citizen. But the problem is you can't just choose one day that you want to switch alliances. You actually have to have a period of like neutralization where you sit out of international competition representing federation. So if I was to choose to switch alliances and represent the States, I wouldn't be able to represent either country for it depends the shortest period of time is a year or it can be up to four years depending on a number of things like if your country gives you permission to change alliances as well as what world athletics says and if they think it's okay that you switch like there are a lot of things that go into it and for me i mean i was born and raised in cape town like i am a proud south african citizen um i have dual citizenship um you know my parents still live there like i'm going home in november like i'm proud to represent south africa it's also like it's the program that brought me up, you know, that made me the runner I am today. And um, yeah, I'm very proud to represent South Africa. I can't see myself switching alliances and representing the States in, in my career. Um, I don't know how many more years I have running professionally. Uh, just 
being 31 and my Adidas contract is up at the end of next year. You know, you never know which direction they're going to choose to go. So for for the foreseeable future, I, I can see myself representing I mean, South Africa. Th- thank you for that. I mean, that's that was such a good answer because <laughs> I think it is it's confusing for quite a lot of people. I, and I mean, I never I never knew that, you know, uh, the fact that if you wanted to change alliances, you can't compete for a year, which for a professional sportsman, that's 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 crazy because that, that's, that's, yeah. that's that's your livelihood. But I think it's a right. bit of it's a bit of a relief for us as well because we love having yeah, you we don't represent want to South you. Africa. Yeah, you oh. USA doesn't need another runner, please. Oh they do not need another runner. South Africa, on the other hand, yes, we we need the runners, especially if it's a runner that's capable of smashing the the yes. marathon record. Oh. So that's that's very good. Um, I'm I'm happy to hear that 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 is where your head is at. And I mean, speaking of. You know, like you said, you're 31. You don't know how long the career is going to be. Um, what are other things that you sort of take interest? Obviously, running is like is your main thing, and it's what you love doing. But obviously, then that extends to trying to give back to the running Some community. Coaching, maybe, maybe, yeah. What What are sort of <laughs> the other things that you do on the side with running? Yeah, I don't know to be honest. Like, I've been running professionally for like eight years now, it kind of feels like all I know and all I do when I first went professional, when I was still in Arkansas, um, I was coaching, doing like a learn to run program with eight to 12 year olds. I loved that. That was so fun. Um, my in-laws are high school track coaches. So I kind of get to like see a glimpse of that. I'm not sure if I want to deal with the parents that are upset about their kid not getting to race the race on the Saturday or whatever. Um, I love the idea of going back to my old university, my alma mater, the University of Arkansas, and helping out there. But we're just going to see where life takes me. Um, Cameron and I would really like kids. I think that's like the biggest thing right now is just trying to plan that around running. Um, they've been a lot of athletes that have been supported through starting families. I'm not sure if, you know, that's something that I'll, I'm not sure if I will be supported in that, you know, it just depends like which direction my sponsor chooses to go, which is totally fine. Like I'm a contracted asset. I'm not an employee. So, you know, I, I would not be paid through pregnancy. I would, as my contract stands now, um, and, you know, so if Cam and I choose to start a family, I'm not sure if I would get supported. And so, yeah, so there's, there's a lot wow. of stuff up in the air. And I, I, it's also like a little, yeah, it's also a little scary. Like, I really like thinking about the future and I am a planner. But I think for the first time in my life, I have absolutely no idea what the future looks like. You know, since I was 12 years old, I've been dreaming and planning of you know going to earning a scholarship to go to the states to run in university to be a professional athlete to go to the olympics like all of this has like been something in my vision and now for the first (laughs) yeah and now for the first time i'm like i don't know what the next couple years look like i I really don't like you know after next year no one may want to pay me to run again and then I'll, i'll be done running and you know we'll try and start a family um or maybe someone decides that, you know, they do think that I have, you know, more years in me and, you know, they'll support me through uh, trying to start a family and running at the same time. I, yeah. I have no idea. That's crazy. I've got two comments with that 
sort of statement there. I think, you know, it's it, it must be so difficult for female athletes in the sport who are contracted where, you know, you may want to start a family, but your your sponsors might not support you through that. That I mean, I can't even imagine what the psychological impact of that is. And second of all, I want to just say that, you know, if you are running the times that you're running and the potential that you've shown, even just after running one marathon and the, the dedication to your training and the times that you have been able to run over the shorter distances, I think, um, you know, any sponsor would be crazy not to be, not to look at you and say, <laughs> well, here's an athlete that's got, that's got it. Uh, but in terms of, you know, where, where your training goes from, from here, um, you know, we, we've spoken about how you have sort of had the ideal bring up, you know, you've, you've, went through the whole system you went through the ncaa system you were multiple champion there you went to the olympics like we're saying you ticked those boxes you did all these things um it sounds like you've had a fantastic career so far i want to hear about you know any setbacks and any difficult times throughout your career and how you were able to get yourself out of that to to still be the positive individual that you are right now following your dreams in the sport Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say that professional running isn't as glamorous as we make it look on social media. Um, you know, I think we are very, very fortunate and very blessed that technically we get paid to work out. Like, yes, that is a fact. But can you imagine, <laughs> just like for a second, who's ever listening to this, being paid and your income, your, you know, ability to afford things and budgeting and all of that. Uh, if you can go on vacation that year or whatever, if you can, you know, afford the second car or, you know, whatever it might be, that comes down to how well you perform on one day. And that is professional running. And I think mm -hmm. that is what isn't seen or felt through social media um, or sometimes, you know, watching an athlete compete on the track running at a professional level is very special. And we're very blessed that we're getting to live out our dream and do it, do this for a living. Like I feel so blessed um, and so lucky, but there is this emotional side to it that is very, very taxing and very hard. Um, and so a lot of times I look at myself and I think I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough. You know, I'm not hitting bonuses in my contracts or earning medals. Um, because obviously that's the, the pinnacle of our sport is earning a medal on the world level. But then I think back to the little 12 year old at Herschel who decided to go to Rhenish to follow her dreams. And yeah. she earned a scholarship to get, a university degree in the States and she earns the contract to uh, represent Adidas, an international sporting brand. And the fact that I've been to two Olympics and I've raced at a world major marathon in the elite field and, you know, all of those things, like, I'm so proud of that. And I think of the girls that I was competing at at the school level who were beating me at school level, but, you know, they, for whatever reason, didn't make it to the next stage and I'm pretty freaking proud of myself for persevering and blocking out outside noise and you know just 
kind of like toughing it out and still being here at the age of 31. That, that's a mic drop moment right there. Eh? Oh, that's, that's the whole <laughs> that catchphrase. Is, that, <laughs> that just ended it right there. Just leave it, leave it on there. That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't have much more to say after that. That was so motivational. <laughs> and I think, you know. Chase your, chase your yeah, dreams, just guys. Chase your dreams. Chase your dreams. <laughs> that, that is it. Well, um, I really just want to say thank you for for being so honest with us tonight and, yeah, and chatting to refreshing. us. And uh, it's been so nice to speak to you. Honestly, I've got such you're a, so, such a so, positive energy. You're so you, down to earth. Yeah, we, we've loved no, it. <laughs> we wish you all the well, best. Thanks. I appreciate, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. And um, to any South Africans listening, I appreciate the love and the support from afar. Like, Sometimes I feel like I'm a bad South African living over here, um, but no, I hope no. that everyone knows that, yeah, that I love South Africa and I appreciate the support and, um, yeah, I hope I can make everyone proud in two and a half weeks. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure everybody is going to be, be uh, tuned in for that. And then I wanted to ask, Dom, can we call you next uh, next week after that lactate uh, testing just to uh, get a <laughs> Just to get a, 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 def, <laughs> update. a definite, a little bit of an update. No, 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 no. 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 We don't want to put it okay, out. Sorry, we don't want to put it out. Well, then my next question would be: You're here in November, so um, come yes. down, come down, come down to uh, Durban. She's on holiday, Davey. Yeah. She don't. She wants to have some downtime. I think she deserves. She's it. She's coming to the coast for holiday, surely. Hey, no. I will be. I'll be in Cape Town. My sister is getting married in Stellenbosch ah. on the 25th of November. So Cameron and I are coming down for about 10 days. But Lovely. yeah, I won't be in the Durban area. I'll well, be in Cape no, Town. Nick and I will fly to you. We'll come for a, we'll come for an easy ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. You guys are welcome. <laughs> Dom, thank you so much for chatting to us. We wish you all the best at Chicago. The whole of South Africa is supporting you. And we can't wait to see where you go to next with your marathon career. We're very excited. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Dom. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.